Praise God. Well, we've been um, doing a series here on the will of God. Amen. And the will of God for our lives. And uh, the title of it is, is Discovering the Joy of God's Will. And I really, I like that title because a lot of times when we start walking with God, we have to discover that God's will is joyful. Amen. Amen. And uh, so really, uh, where you want to be in God, you want to be in the center of God's will. That's the safest place for you to be. And so um, we're um, in, in this installment, I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about what I went over just a little bit. We're going to recap and then we'll go in to what I want to talk to you about this morning. And so uh, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, let's look at the scripture. This is a foundational building block for walking in the will of God, Romans 1 and 2. And if we can just, just focus just on just these two scriptures right here, I believe that we can walk in God's will about 99% of his will for our lives. Amen? And so, uh, have you found Romans 12, verses 1 and 2? It says, it says this way, and I know we went over this, but it's, it's good to go over it again. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. And so this is the key here. If we're going to do the will of God in our lives, we have to understand this, that, that we don't belong to ourselves as Christians. We have, to, we have to understand that really when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we give ourselves to God. We give ourselves to Jesus. So we, don't, we, we relinquish our rights to do whatever we want to do with our bodies. Amen? And the reason why we do this, and you have to have a paradigm shift here, because we do this not because we're trying to win our approval with God or get in right standing with God, okay? We're not doing it for that reason. We're doing it because Jesus gave his body to us, amen? That he did it first. He became sin so that we could have right standing with God. So when we understand this, it should be natural for us to uh, give our bodies and our lives to the Lord. Amen? And so we belong to God. You know, the Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have a right to do whatever we want with our bodies. We're, 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 I always say it this way. We're owned twice over. One, by right of creation. And by two, when we give our lives to the Lord... We're, you know, Jesus bought us with the blood of Jesus. And so that means that, that at one time we were under the authority and dominion over the power of darkness, over the devil. But we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into God's dear son's a kingdom of love. Amen. And so we've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. So now we're walking under the authority of God. Can I get an amen there? Amen. So, so we, we obey God, amen? And, so, and we do that because Jesus obeyed God, amen? And so, and so we don't have the right. And I know in the world, and, and you hear, you know, uh, you hear about even in the, uh, and I don't want to get political here, but you even hear in the world about, uh, you know, pro-life. And, and, and pe you may not understand what that means, pro-life or pro-choice. 
And, and pro-life is a right for an individual to live. Amen? And so that's, that's pro, a pro-life stance. That should be a Christian stance. But pro-choice is, is designed for a woman to choose what she wants to do with a baby in her body. Amen? And so this is, and the world would say, well, a woman has the right to choose if she wants to have a baby or get rid of a baby. This is, this is, this is the corundum. This is, this is um, where uh, people have a difference of opinion. If you look at it biblically, when is a person a person? And biblically, a person's person, really, if you look in the word, the Bible says that God knew us even while we were conceived in the womb. So, it, so a person is really, I believe, and the Bible teaches at conception. But as, as you continue on, uh, there's different rules for abortion. And so when does a person really have individual rights? And I believe that person has individual rights when that person's conceived in a body of a woman. So this is the key here. Now, you may have a different opinion on this, and I'm not here to be political, but the world, they believe that they can do. And, and in a sense, if they are in the world, in a sense, they're doing whatever they want to do. But as a Christian, you're not supposed to take on the world philosophies. You're not supposed to take on the world's ways. So as a Christian, you know, even if you're a Christian, and even if you got pregnant out of wedlock, you know, you should follow the example of the Bible Amen. and have a baby. Amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> I, I may not be too popular. Okay. Amen. On this message, but that's the way it is. If you're a Christian. If you're a Christian. If you call yourself a Christian, a Christian. Amen. If you call yourself a God follower. If you call yourself a Christ follower. Amen. Praise God. So even this even, you know, there's even laws, natural laws that we have in America that says you, you're not allowed to kill yourself. You know, laws against suicide. Now, now but, but if you can, if, if, with, our, with the laws that's in place and our government making laws, when they say it's okay to destroy a baby even at nine months for the convenience of the woman, uh, then the next thing is we can you know, uh, kill people at old age. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you see how this all... Should I run for election here? <laughs> My name is Pastor David Lambert and I approve this message. So anyway, so, so we, need a, we need to look at that and even uh, everything that we do as Christ followers, even in our voting, should be, does it reflect godly principles? Does it reflect God? Are we voting people in that reflect the character of God? Can I get an amen there? And we don't vote for our pocketbooks, what people are going to give us. Amen? No, we vote godly principles. Amen? And so if we get this understanding that we're not our own, that our bodies are a living sacrifice for God, then we will then we won't miss church. <laughs> church will be a priority in our lives. We will bring our bodies to church. Amen. Amen. And we, and we will be careful in what we allow our bodies to look at, our eyes to look at. We just won't just look at what the world looks at. 
We, we will, you know, we will make sure that we're, we have some restraint in what we're receiving into our eye gates and our ear gates. Amen. And so this is the second part of it is on in, in Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. And, and so, so we got to understand this, that God's will for you is good. Amen. God's will for you is acceptable and God's will for you is perfect for you. Amen. See, see God, God's will for me is perfect for me. I'm called to be a pastor. But, but, you know, not everybody's called to be a pastor. And God's will for you is perfect for you. God may be calling you to be a teacher in the body of Christ. God may be calling you to be in the fivefold ministry. He may be calling you into business to support ministries. Amen. But whatever the call that God has for you, it's going to fit you. And it's going to be what you have always, you know, um, it's what you desire to do. And we don't know that until we start stepping up and doing some things that God wants us to do. Getting in church, getting our minds renewed. And, and too many Christians are, they, they are, you know, they, they're in the world and they spend more time watching TV that's run by the devil. Amen. Amen. It, you know, the Bible says that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. You could say the prince of the power of the airwaves and TV goes through the airwaves. The radio goes through the airwaves. And so it's a, it's a whole philosophy on how we should think. But the Bible tells us how we should think, how we should act, what we should do. And we should allow the Bible to transform our thought life. And, and we should allow the culture to change who we are. Praise God. And so this is the key. Uh, a, a lot of times we, we need to understand, this is number two, we need, a, we need to understand this in doing the will of God, we need to, we need to uh, be more than just doing, going, and having. In other words, we need to be who God called us to be. We need to be new creations in Christ. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We, we need to be a witness and not just go witnessing. Amen. We need to be salt and light. Amen. Amen. And we need to be more in tune with being and becoming than just doing and going and having. Amen. Because when we when we get this in our in our makeup, in our system, in our thinking, then when we you see some people are waiting. Let me just say this way before they do the will of God, they're waiting for everything to be perfect in their lives. Before they start doing the will of God. You know, it's, it, it's the will of God. And I hit on this quite often. It's the will of God to, for you to be givers. Amen. It's the will of God, I believe, for people to be tithers. Amen. But some people are waiting until they're totally out of debt before they start doing these things. Or they're waiting for a certain thing before they really start serving God or doing his will. Just do it. Amen. Amen. Just do it. And watch God's blessing. Don't wait until something happens before you really start serving God. Amen. Amen? Start serving God now. Amen. And so we want, we want, we want to, you know, God's will is, is perfect in being and becoming. Amen. 
let me just break it down this way. We, we get saved, we receive Jesus as our Lord and, and, and Savior, and the Bible says that righteousness is imputed to us. So, so most religions will work for their salvation. In other words, in most religions, religious systems, they have to do good to get good or to get into heaven. In other words, a lot of religious systems out here uh, will, will say you got to do good, and if your good outweighs your bad, or if you do enough good, you make it in. And they don't really have, uh, most religious systems don't really have a guarantee you'll make it to heaven. But Christianity is not based on us doing good to get to heaven. We already have heaven. That's why we do good. Do you, you understand the paradigm shift? We already have God's goodness. We already have his righteousness. So we don't have to work to become righteous. Amen. But because we're righteous, we do righteous things. Yeah. Is this helping somebody? Today? It's just a paradigm shift. Because what we do is even when we, become, when, we get, when, we, when we become Christians and we see some do's and don'ts in the Bible, what we need to do and don't, we try to strive in the do's and don'ts. We really need just to be who God called us to be. Be righteous. Be holy. Amen. For he is holy. Amen. Am I getting an amen? Thank you for some amens. I'm going to preach over here. Yeah, I got some amens over here too. Amen? And so, and so we need to be holy as he is holy. Glory to God. And so, and so we need to look at that. So in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says it this way. For he made him who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, the reason why we do good to others and the reason why we want to bless others, even people that don't deserve to be blessed. You know, as Christians, we're called to bless and, and do good to those that don't, that, that don't deserve it or merit it towards us. You know that? We're, why do we do that? Why are we called to do good when, when there's people that are evil out here, maybe doing some wrong things? Uh, why are we doing Because Jesus did some good for us before we got there. And so if we give this thought, why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, then, then it, should allow, it should, in our makeup, we should be benevolent even towards sinners. It's easy to walk in love towards your brothers and sisters. I think. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Not all the time, right? But, but sometimes we get this idea, well, sinners you can look down on. No, we, we're not look, to look down on anybody, amen? If it wasn't for Christ, there goes us, amen? In other words, we would go the way, wayward way. But thank God, it's Christ that makes us different. And because... Jesus paid the price, did the good things for us. Now we do good for others because his goodness is in our lives. Is this helping somebody? So that, you know, it's, you know, man, it was like today, you know, the other day we were getting some things done. I was, I was in the car waiting for Yen and um, she was getting something done in the store. And I was sitting in the car and there was this guy that pulled his car up and he was smoking a cigarette and I had my window down. And normally I have negative thoughts because I don't want to breathe somebody's smoke. And, uh, but, but, but my thought came after I, I've been 
you know, I'm pastors growing. <laughs> and as I'm learning on this, I'm like, that's the precious fruit of the earth. You know, <laughs> that that person is precious to God, yeah. regardless on his, you know, that nasty habit of smoking, which is a nasty habit, you know, and uh, and it does affect other people. Amen. Because secondhand smoke can kill you, too. Can I get an amen there? And, uh, and so regardless of that, he still, Jesus still died for that person. Regardless of the drunk, Jesus still died. Regardless of the prostitute, Jesus still died for these people. And I'm going to say this, and Jesus said this. It's the prostitutes. It's the drunkards. It's the ones that, that know that they're not that great. will make it in a kingdom before the ones that are morally upright trying to stand on their morals to get to heaven. I'm preaching today. Because some of us don't think we need Jesus. Some of us, we're just too, we live clean lives. We're not like those people. Right? No, you know, you're measuring yourself with other people, but you need to measure yourself with Jesus. Jesus is perfect. Jesus never missed it. Jesus... Jesus, that bar is so high, you can't get to that bar without accepting Jesus. So really, I would have to say it's the moral upright people that's relying on their own morality. It's, it's called self-righteousness. They're going to split hell wide open more than the drunkards. And Jesus said it himself because they understand that they're in a bad situation. Okay, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Amen. And so, and so listen, we don't want to rely on our morals to get us there. That's what all religions are based on, is you being morally right. And so, you know, and just because you're, you have some morals doesn't mean that you have a relationship with God. Amen. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Can I get an amen there? Amen. So sinners need a Savior. Amen. Amen. So anyway, and so, so this, is, this is the third point. God's will for our lives is to serve him with all of our hearts, no matter what is going on in our lives. Can I say that again? God's will for our lives is to serve him no matter what, with our hearts, no matter what is going on in our lives. In other words, listen, you get saved and you're, in a, and you're working for an employer, you, you, and I'm going to talk about this, and it may not be a good employer, you still serve God with all your heart under your boss. Amen. You're saved and you're married and, you're, and your spouse is not too nice. You still serve God. Don't use that as an excuse not to serve God. Well, my husband doesn't come to church, so I'm not going to go to church. Well, is your husband going to stand with you on judgment day? No, no, don't use other people, your boss, your, your, your spouse, uh, uh, other people that's in your life that has some authority in your life as an excuse not to do the will of God. Amen. Amen? I remember that uh, Smith Wigglesworth was one of the greatest um, evangelists of, of that time and maybe of all time. He was a great evangelist. And uh, he, they say he, he raised over 21 people from the dead. This man walked with God. And, but you know what? Before, you know, he walked with God. At one, he walked with God real, in his early years. He was a plumber, and he backslidden. And he got really cold in his walk with God. But his wife was on fire for God, always going to church. 
and he was backslidden. And you know, when you're a backslider and you're not really following the, the Word of God, you can make the Word of God say anything to justify your losing lifestyle. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? When you're a backslider, you're not interested in doing the will of God. You're only interested in doing your will. And you can make the will. And so, and so Smith Wigglesworth, with a name like Wigglesworth, I could see why he was a little... No, I won't go there. But Wigglesworth. But anyway, um, but he used the Bible and he said, you know, it says in the Bible that I'm the head of the household... You need to listen to me. I don't want you going to church. You've been going to church way too much, so you're not gonna don't go to church anymore. And his wife says, "Well, you may be my husband. You may be the head of the household of the Bible, but Jesus is my Lord." Amen. And since Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to church. And do you know that her faithfulness to God and her prayers to God turned that backsliding Smith Wigglesworth around, where he became 100% sold out to God did the will of God and, and, and changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives to today. Amen. So regardless of where you find yourself at, even if you found yourself in prison tomorrow, that doesn't mean you stop being a Christian. You let your light shine. If they, if they arrested me and, and said, you know, you're just preaching too much truth from the Bible, I would still preach in prison and I would let my light shine in prison and I'll change the prison where I'm at. Some people that are in prisoners that are sold, they're sold out for God in prison. Unfortunately, they had to get to prison to get sold out to God, unfortunately. But some prisoners are more free than some of you out here. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So God's will for our lives is to serve him no matter where we find ourselves in life. And we're not to wait until God gives us a certain blessing before we give him all. Amen. Sometimes we're just waiting. I'm just waiting on God. And as soon as God gets me what I've been believing for, then I will really serve him with all my heart. You need to serve him with all your heart now. Amen. Look at Ephesians 6, 5 and 9. It says it this way. It says, bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. Now, this is the key scripture in, in this passage. Doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And your, mas uh, and your masters do the same thing to them giving up threatenings, knowing that your own master also in heaven and there's no partiality with him. So what is he saying here? He, you know, you break it down to the modern vernacular. Uh, you know, if you have a boss, in, in a sense, they're your leader. In, in, in a sense, you're serving them. So you serve them as you would serve God. But what if they're ungodly? You still serve them as you would serve God. You're honest. You do the, you do the right things. You know. Now, if they're ungodly and they're trying to get you to do something ungodly, like uh, you know, if you're a bookkeeper and, uh, and they want you to you know, cook the books, have you ever heard that term before? You know, cheat a little bit. You can't do that Amen. because you're serving God. And so serving God, sometimes, it, a lot of times, it's going to cost you. 
You know, people, the reason why people don't serve God all the way, because they don't want to pay the price. But when you pay the price, it does pay rich dividends. It really doesn't cost you to serve God with all your heart. It really pays to serve God with all your heart. And when you serve God with all your heart, God will vindicate you when you do the right things. Joyce Myers was working for a, uh, a person. He, she, uh, and and she, uh, uh, they, you know, sent in two checks, you know, and, and so the, the boss said, well, just take that check in, you know, it was double payment. And she said, I can't do that. And she was risking her job to say no to her boss, but she was saying yes to Jesus. He, she didn't get fired over that. But some people can, can even get fired. But if you do get fired over doing what's right, God will raise you up. He'll give you a better job. Amen. Thank you for that. Yes, he will. Amen. He will. Amen. God will make it right. Praise God. God will make it right. In Colossians 3, 17, it says it this way. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. So, so whatever we do, we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like what Jesus said, whatever you've done to the least of these brethren, you've done unto me. Now, here's a great illustration, and I love stories, and, and here's a great illustration of, of presenting our bodies as a living holy sacrifice, as not being conformed to the system of the world. And this is in the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar besieged Jerusalem and stripped the royal palace of his treasures and, and captured uh, the young men and brought them in to his court to train the young men. And, and what he did was he picked all the, uh, the brightest and the sharpest and the, and the most handsome young men to train to serve in his courts. Amen. That's, God kind of do, does that with pastors. He looks for the... No, I'm kidding. But anyway, um, you know, God can use anybody. Praise God. That's what's so awesome about God. And so, but but the, the world always picks the brightest and the smartest and, and the brightest and the smartest and the most talented. You know, they rise to the top. Praise God. But God can use somebody that doesn't have much talent, not that bright. He can put their, his anointing on you and he can make you rise to the top. Do you believe that today? You don't have to have all these talents. Amen. But here, that's the way the world works. When they recruit, they're looking for the top notch. Amen. And they're looking for that. And so, so, so these kids were brought in and they were good looking. And so they had, you know, the Hebrews had dietary, dietary laws and they had certain things that they weren't supposed to eat. They weren't supposed to eat pork and things of that nature. And, and so, um, uh, Daniel and his three Hebrew friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, made a pact with one another that they were not going to eat the king's royal food, which probably, probably was, you know, bacon <laughs> and ham. And, uh, and they weren't going to, you know, drink the king's wine. Are you hear what I'm saying today? And they, and they talked to the person that was in charge, the, the, and he was a eunuch, and he was in charge of, of really training these men to be, you know, uh, advisors for the king, to be people that could help the king make right decisions. And so they, you know, asked the eunuch if they could just abstain from eating the king. And the eunuch said, listen, you know, if they don't look as good as the others, you know, if, they're, if they look sickly and all that, it could be off of the eunuch's head. 
But they said, test them for 10 days and see how they looked. And they just ate vegetables, drank water, and they looked as good or better than all the others. And they were allowed to keep their customs. And really, they were allowed to stay true to their God. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Regal Stadium 12 Movie Theater located at 104 Constitution Drive, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10 o'clock a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.